sounds like there's some crinkling going on in the back. Are you are you opening up a, a bag of donuts back there? Is that is this? We got yeah, the, I actually the, 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 the galleon long johns coming out. Uh, well, no, I'm I, I actually I'm opening up some peanut butter, and there's it was in one of those. <laughs> I know, dude. The, this is the thing is like I got a whole tub of peanut butter two days ago, and I ate it all already. So I'm like, and I, and I always tell myself, I've told myself this this lie for like for like three decades already of my life. Hey, go and get that peanut butter, and this time you can pace yourself. But I never pace myself. I'll sit there and eat like half of it tonight, I guarantee you. And then I'll have a stomach ache starting about 4 a.m., and then I'll be grumpy because I'm a dumbass. So that's that's what happens with me and peanut butter, and I can't stop. Oh, dude, I'm I'm right there with you. I have a I have a half a pan of my uh, <laughs> of my my monastery monk bars over there, man. Monastery I, I, monk bars, yeah. I love it, dude. That's <laughs> they're awesome. Sitting, they're sitting over there. They're they're looking at me. They're saying, "Hey, Craig, yeah. just just one or two wouldn't hurt." Don't worry, you'll be able, you'll be able to go hiking soon. You can you can get all that weight off later. Just eat yeah. now. Don't 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 worry about being fat when you go to the hot springs and the chicks are around. <laughs> exactly. You, you don't need you, to get you don't need to get laid. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You need to eat. Girl girls like the dad bod. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Nomad Ramblings, Conversations from the Road. Craig here. Brian and I finally caught up the other day to get this episode out. Brian started his volunteer efforts at Bears Ears National Monument in Utah, and I'm still at the Off the Grid Monastery here in Gunnison, Colorado, where it's still snowmobile only in or out. We want to extend a hearty welcome to any new listeners we've got and a heartfelt thank you to our veteran loyal listeners. We got word that Nomad Ramblings was named Best Podcast of 2019 by the Denver publication Westward this week. We're truly blown away by the recognition. For our new listeners, our goal here at the podcast is to give an authentic view of our nomad lives and the lifestyle. Both Brian and I have lived on the road and in the backcountry in our customized Toyota Tacomas for the better part of five years. We each come from the traditional corporate world and independently came to the same conclusion. The conventional lifestyle was unhealthy and immersion in nature was a big part of the solution. So we explored this transition in real time, offering our perspectives on how to do it, why to do it, and how we're changing as a result of the new lifestyle. We talk philosophy, mental health, unconventional topics, and of course, kick-ass backcountry experiences and adventures. And we give it to you raw. When it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. When we don't know, we put it out there too. Life is not all puppy dogs and roses, and neither is what we share. In this episode, we largely discuss Brian's experience in Bears Ears National Monument, having just begun a month-long volunteer effort. This is one of the many things I admire about Brian. He's a public lands advocate who puts his back and heart into conservation. The conversation offers an intimate, timely reality about the need to explore, treasure, and protect natural historic areas such as Bears Ears. I encourage all of our listeners to support Brian in his volunteer efforts in whatever way they can. He's asking for financial support, 
with full disclosure of how these funds are used. And you can learn more about this opportunity at coloradobackcountryadventures.com forward slash bears ears. And even if you can't donate, please share his efforts to your own networks. Supporting him is a noble cause. So without further ado, on to the next episode. The weather's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's like the last week, it's probably been in the 40s and, and even touching the 50s. Um, yeah, and it's sunny and it's beautiful, but it, there's just so much snow. So it's, it's, uh, it's just the start, the long start of a long melt-off. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, is, is the melt-off really kicking in? Is it, is it really starting to get underway and then freezing at night and then thawing out during the day and just getting all messy and everything? Exactly, yeah. Mud, mud season is in full bloom. The undercoat of my car, it's like I've got, every week I've got four inches plus of just caked on mud that I've got to blast off with the hot sea. And it's, it, it makes the snowmobiling interesting because it, the snow becomes really rotted out, um, Uh during the day and with how hot it is that the, the snowmobile like sinks into, I don't know if you've skied at all, but, um, it's, it's like really similar to spring skiing. Like when you, when you go in the morning, it's awesome. The snow is soft. Um, the sun is great, but then by the end of the day, the snow gets really cruddy and it gets really heavy. And, um, it's the same thing dealing with snowmobiling. So you're, you're, you can get stuck really easily. I got stuck the other night and, um, anyway, my, (laughs) my snowmobile saga continues, yeah, no kidding, man. You've you, you've had just a, a full winter of, of crazy adventures on that snowmobile, and the uh, of course the the weather didn't help out. You know, I mean, heck, what's this the worst snow snowstorms we've had in Colorado in the last forty years? Yeah, man, it's I would say about ninety percent of it has been awesome, but that ten percent has just been brutal of like yeah. getting stuck and and all that. But um, <laughs> You know, you that, definitely, you definitely had some experiences, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, that, which does not kill you makes you stronger, you know? Yeah. So, or, like, or crazy. Yeah. One of the, one of the, yeah. All, all work <laughs> and no play makes, makes Jack a crazy boy or whatever that expression is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, dude, we, we got some, uh, we got some great news to tell the audience, uh, everybody out there in podcast land with, um, you know, the whole situation that came up yesterday that I texted you about. So we should just dive into that real quick, I think. And, and yeah, uh, kind of uh, I, that blew, blew me away. I was not expecting that. I got this email and it, it said it was from uh, Congresswoman DeJet's De uh, office. It was like her aide. They said, hey, we want to send you a congratulatory letter on winning the best podcast for the Westward in Denver. For those who are not who aren't from Denver, Westward is like the Village Voice or you know, it's a, it's a great local newspaper or I, I guess you kind of call it a newspaper magazine kind of slash thing, but it's like, you just, it, it keeps you in, in with what's going on right now and it keeps you up to date with everything for the city and all that stuff. But you know, they have that best of every year and we freaking won the best podcast and it, like the staff picked us and I didn't even know that. And so I, I got this email and it was like, Hey, you won, you, you, you know, you guys won best podcast uh, for 2019. And I'm thinking like, this has got to be some sort of prank or something like that. I have no <laughs> idea what she's talking about. And then I was, and then I, but I was polite in my response. I was like, 
Yeah. Oh, oh, really? That sounds interesting. I'm not aware of this. Could you provide us any links so we could check it out? And so she emailed me back immediately and was like, hey, if you got a Denver mailing address, let me know and we'll shoot you over a congratulatory letter. And I was like, holy cow, dude. I did not expect that at all. To win that, that's a big deal because the Westward's a big deal. Yeah, I, 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 it really, really is. It's awesome. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised because I just have a blast talking about the stuff that we do. And I, I think that we do have people that enjoy listening to us, but on the other side of the coin, I mean, it, it's a huge recognition, you know, it's just, um, it's yeah. a, it's a big, uh, it's a big deal. And, and that's awesome. And, uh, you know, high five to everybody out there for listening. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I thought that was pretty cool. So I was really excited about that. I mean, I was, I was literally, you know, I'm out here at Bears Ears. I've, I'm, I'm about a week into the volunteering endeavor, and, um, and for those of you who, who, who would be interested in checking it out, there's a link in the, in the, the description of the podcast notes below. Um, and I'm raising money to, to be out here. I'm raising money for the education center, and it's going really good. But yeah, yesterday when I got that email, I was like sitting hunkered down in my truck. The wind was blowing like 10,000 miles an hour and the dust was all over the place. I couldn't breathe. And I was like, kind of like in one of those grumpy moments when you're truck camping, you're just like, ah, you know, you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> like, kind of one of those gross moments. Then I got that email and I was like, what? It just totally changed the, 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 the trajectory of the afternoon and the evening. So I was pretty excited about that. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I think I might have been on approach to, to Monarch Pass. When uh-huh. I when I got that text from you, and I was like, "What? You know, what's it all about?" And uh, yeah, it's it's freaking awesome. Um, really, <laughs> cool. really, really, yeah, it's really cool. Good, good to be yeah, recognized. So, yeah, so so a big thank you to everybody out there who tunes in. We really appreciate it, and and it's uh it's fun to see our name, you know, in another publication like that, giving us a shout out, saying that that it's cool that we can bring an off grid podcast to the grid but still maintain our off gridness. If, if that's kind of what they were talking about in the synopsis of the podcast. So I, cool. I know we we're, we're a living paradox. Aren't yeah, we? totally. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a great stuff. Well, yeah. I wanted to, I mean, I mean, we're doing this podcast right now, but I mean, you and I haven't really had a chance to, to talk and catch up for a long time between yeah. your, your adventures with your truck and, what was going on and then your immersion into to bear's ears. I'm, I, I'm really curious what the, the whole experience, you know, going on in bear's ears, like what's, what's the training about? What's the, what are the people that you're interacting with? Like start, start talking, man. What's, what's going on out there? Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. So what, what I did was I went through a training to become what's called a visit with respect ambassador and the Visit with Respect program was something that the Friends of Cedar Mesa crafted. And it's not something that they that they hoard just for themselves. They let any other uh, conservation groups across the country adopt these same principles. But it's basically their role is not to promote the monument. Their role is to pr- provide education for people that come to visit the monument. So they're not out there saying like, hey, come visit us. Like, because, you know, they want to they want to make sure that everything's protected and and properly uh, prepared for high visitation. So the, their role is, is actually kind of interesting. Like, like I said, they don't promote people to come out. They just promote, Hey, well, if you come here, get educated on how to, on how to operate in the land. And so the first day of training was all just us talking about the ecosystem out here, the different types of ruins, the different periods of, of, uh, architecture and pottery and also rock art. And they had, did you know, they have, they have human, uh, tra- traces of, uh, of human existence 
in this area dating back to 6500 BC. That's insane. I mean, that that's so are they able to do they know where those first migrants came from? Like prior to 6500 BC, is it traceable? Like I've heard about that migration pattern from Asia over here via the Bering Strait. And there used to be like some ice feature that allowed yeah. them to migrate over. Is that is that how they think they made it over here? Well, we didn't we didn't really get into that. We just got into more of like you know, okay, these people are here. This is what they were doing. Here's what to look for when you're out in the field. And here's how to navigate yourself when you come upon these ruins. Because there, there's over, they, they estimate there's over 100,000 ruins in Bears Ears. 100,000. Wow. It's crazy, dude. Like, like every, every time I was talking, I saw I had dinner with uh, uh, this gal named Jocelyn and her, her husband, uh, Dan, on Thursday evening. They invited me to come over. And, and Jocelyn actually works for the Friends of Cedar Mesa. She's their social media manager. And she was telling me, she's like, you know, there's a couple in town here in Bluff, Utah, that have been here for 25 years. They're archaeologists, and they go out every weekend, and they still find new stuff every weekend. It just sounds like uh, an archaeological. It, it sounds like you're kind of Indiana Jones, like. Oh, dude, it's crazy out here. I mean, like the the ruins, the size of them. I'll send you some pictures. You you would be floored. I, it's it's like it's kind it's like Mesa Verde, but it's got a different feel to it. It's got a much more. I don't know what the feel. Maybe maybe primal would be the right word. Mm. Much more of a primal feel to it out here. It's just so remote. I mean, there's there's nothing out here. You know, there's you got Blanding, Utah, which is about thirty minutes from here, but that's a real tiny town. And then then north of that, you you know you got Monticello, which is where the BLM office is, the main office that operates in this area uh, for Bears Ears. But but it's really cool. Like the Friends of Cedar Mesa, and that's who I'm working with closely. You know, like I said, that Saturday we went through we went through an in, in like a classroom type setting, just learning about the history. Uh, we also learned about how, how the Bears National Monument came into play, and then what's been going on since that designation of you know when Obama put it in, into national monument designation. It was before, obviously, he left office. <laughs> That's pretty much right, an obvious yeah. sta- statement there. <laughs> but uh, but it's a really cool area, man. I mean, you go into, like, the, my first night here, I, I camped, and I camped in the Valley of the Gods, and that's in, like, the southern portion of Bears Ears, and... It's just these these spires that go up forever, and you're driving through this 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 uh, pretty desert landscape with a bunch of washes. And I actually, I got rained in that first day. I uh, the washes were running too high, and I knew that they were about four feet deep. And I thought I can't get my truck across this; all freaking get swept away. And so that first night, I that first day, I had to stay in beers here. And it was just, dude, I got mud all over me. That the mud out here when it rains, it's just you can't do anything because it's just that slurry. Mm. And so, but it's uh, it's incredible. And and um, and going back to the training on Sunday, we actually went out in the field and went and visited one of the ruins. It was just amazing. Like we went up to this ruin. It, it was right next to. It, it was in a cave, so it was at the mouth of a cave, and there was a a big spillway. So when the water when when it rains, there there was a like a big spillway next to it to where there'd be this huge waterfall coming off, and it went down into this massive holding pool. That had water, and I guess last year was one of the worst droughts they've ever had in the Bears Ears area since they've been recording it. And that that little re- reservoir at that ruin still had water at the end of the year. So it's like this super this super deep pool. It's massive. So they estimate like 65 people were continually living there at any given time in this one cave. And I went into another cave, and uh, I can't I can't uh, I can't say what the sites are because they're not published. And so I signed an agreement saying that I wouldn't say what specifically the site the site names but 
there are sites that people that people know about. It's just you kind of have to be in the know to know where they are. Yeah. And, and so I've got I've got 15 sites like that on my route. But this site uh, that I went to, so the, we we went that training on Sunday, and then on Monday, I was camping with Phil from Down to Mob uh, for two days. But then on on Wednesday, I went back down and went and started hitting up my route. And went to this one new ruin that I hadn't been to yet, and uh, it was really awesome. There was a spring in the in, in the back of the cave. The cave was was rather shallow. It went in probably, I'd say seventy five feet. But there was there was a spring in the back of the cave to where there was always a fresh pool of water right there. And I was like, mm-hmm. these people, you know, it's like it's just so it's so awesome to see the proximity. You're like, oh, of course they would be here. This is where the water is. There's a great natural resource right over there. There's a great plateau they could grow food and do whatever. And uh, it's just really awesome. The the craftsmanship is what blows me away out here. That just like the the architectural uh, wherewithal and 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 the size of these ruins. I mean, they're like I said, they're they're big. They they rival anything that that you'd see out at uh, Mesa Verde National uh, National Park. Hmm. So are you are you a like a one of a group of ambassadors? And so when yeah. you went through this training, you're so how many how many are there of you? There are twenty five of us, and some people just come and go. Some people come down for a day. We've got a lot of people from uh, Moab that come down to. To, to volunteer and uh, and kind of that area and then and then it's also some people from up by the Salt Lake area and then over by Park City so some people drive down but as far as full-time volunteers I'd say there was probably a handful of them there and then the rest of them were part-time just kind of bouncing in and out but it's great and there were people that had been back this was like their third or fourth year coming back to volunteer at the place now now one thing I will say is that it's not crowded out here like there's not a lot of there's not a lot of people and they want to keep it that way and the reason they want to keep it that way is they want to try to get to all the sites that they can to put the protections into place and you know that what they do they they call what they they do hardening the site to where it's it's ready for high usage for visitors and so they want to try to get to all these places before you know the hordes come of people and so um, it's it's a it's a clear I'm, I'm I'm very pleasantly surprised at the at the extreme lack of trash throughout the monument. There's no trash whatsoever. I'm not. I'm well, I know. I, 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 you know, one of my nicknames for you has been the trash Nazi. So I, yep. uh, I, that, that means a lot to me. Yeah, and you know, I, I mean, I was, I was looking for it, and I only found uh, one little dump site today, but it was pretty small, and I was able to fill up a 11 gallon bag with trash, and that was it. So nice. Uh, that was a, that's the only trash that I've been able to pick up. But yeah, but yeah, it's cool. Uh, so those 15 sites that I have, they're scattered throughout the monument that are part of my, my route. And it's pretty pretty cool because a couple of them I have to backpack into, so that's where I'm raising money for you know if if people are listening and they want to go and, and support this endeavor, that's that that's what the money's going towards. The first thousand that's raised goes towards just my basic supplies for the six weeks while I'm here, and then anything anything above and beyond that goes to the Bears Bears Ears Education Center. So I put two options on my website. I put a PayPal option and then a, a Patreon option because some people were asking for different ones. Yeah, and then on nice. and then on PayPal, it's pretty nice. There's a way that they can do it. They can select, hey, I want to help out Brian with his supplies, or I want to just donate directly to the Bears Ears Education Center. So uh, people can choose whatever they want. And, nice. Uh, but, yeah, but the backpacking is great. There's a couple that will be like three-day backpacks, and so those will be fun to do. So I'm going to I'm gonna kind of get my bearings this coming week. I'm going to do my entire route um, starting on Monday. I'm gonna Well, I'll probably start tomorrow, actually. I'll probably go into the monument tomorrow and start doing my route. And then 
Um, try to try to get cell service throughout while I'm in there so I, can, so I can update people a little bit more. I'm trying to keep the blog updated. It's hard because you get into the monument and it's so spotty with trying to get any 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 sort of signal that I, ha I haven't been able to get any when I've been in there. So I'll have to come all the way out and go back into town. And even in town, my cell phone doesn't work. There's just a place right outside of town where it does. So, yeah, connectivity has been a little bit of an issue, but that's okay. I mean, I, I did um, – the Bears' Education Center has a, has a Wi-Fi in there, and I could go in there and use Wi-Fi if, you know, push comes to shove. That's cool. Yeah. I think I'm going to – I'll leave the like the discussion of all the architectural or um, archaeological archaeological finds to your website and whatnot. I'm I'm gonna go check that out. But I am I, I'm curious like what what the other people are like that that are doing the volunteering, but then also are doing the training. So yeah. like who are they and like are you becoming friends with them and are they yeah what, what what's their story? Yeah, definitely. We kind of, uh, there, there was a group of us on Sunday. We broke up into two separate groups. And the group that I was with was really cool, all, all real personable people. There was one other uh, couple in there, and they're, they're, they're actually traveling full-time in a 21-foot Sun Raider, Toyota Sun Raider. And uh, they're, they're from Chicago, and they, they're heading to Washington, but they're volunteering at different national monuments on the way, which is pretty cool. And so I was hoping to hook up with them maybe this week i think they're taking off after this week but i'd like to definitely talk with them maybe even get them on the podcast and talk with them about their experience of being on the road and then uh there's some other people that are let's see there's a gal that she's she's all i think she's in her 70s and she's living in a little casita like the the pull behind trailer and yeah. she just travels she travels all over and does volunteer work and she's 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 a fiery gal her name's Teresa. she's hilarious nice um, yeah, and there's a, a gal named Laura that I met from Park City, super cool gal, um, lived in Japan for like 15 years and uh, comes down to Bears Ears to volunteer. And then the, and then the, Bear, the people that actually work at Friends of Cedar Mesa and BLM, they're just great people. I, I really, really clicked with them right out of the gate. And Erica, who's the person who's in charge of the, vol the volunteer program and that outreach, She's fantastic. Uh, seems like they've got they've really got their act together as far as organization goes, and it's it's that's great to see because you know being in, in charge or being the eyes and ears or the group that takes care of such a environmentally sensitive area that is in the crosshairs nationally, you know they've got to they've got to be on their game. So they do a really good job. The BLM people are pretty cool. I didn't get a chance to hang with them too much, but the Rangers, you know, they they're like we are. They like they're. They're guys, guys. They talk about trucks and camping and you <laughs> yeah. know stuff like that. It's like, oh yeah, you know, and went on a float trip for fourteen days. Is awesome, you know. What I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, that, yeah, yeah. Those are the conversations we have. And then then we had a then we had a nice big dinner on uh, actually on that Saturday evening. We all had a big dinner at the at the camp where there was a big group area where there was camping. But I wasn't camping there because I had Sierra with me, and um, they they said that they didn't want to have dogs at the camp at that time. So, mm. but but yeah, it's uh, it's been great, man. I mean, all the people I've met have been wonderful. And I feel, I kind of feel like we're, we're like an army of, of eyes and ears out there for the BLM and Friends of Cedar Mesa. And, and all we have to do really, I mean, I'm not out there, I'm really not doing anything to like repair walls or, or go in and harden sites or anything like that. I'm simply just eyes and ears out there. And yeah. so, and then if I run into people and if they're doing something that maybe is, against protocol, I can, I can say, hey, you know, give them some construct, constructive criticism and explain why. 
or if they're just out there just chilling, then I just strike up a conversation with people and, and, and try to, you know, make their experience good. And I'm, I'm trying to learn information, like specific information about every site. So when I'm out there, I can say, oh, this is from basket, from the basket maker period one, or this is from the archaic period or whatever. So that way it gives people a little bit more information about the ruins. Yeah. Because the ruins that are out there, like I said, I, I can't say what they are, but but people know about them. And so I've, I have run into... I ran into seven people on one of them, and then the other one I didn't run into anybody. And then I've done some other ones by myself, and those were more... I saw people on the trail, but I didn't see people at the actual locations. It's not like you're policing out there where these incognito ruins... You're not going out there and finding people and saying, hey, you got to get the heck out of here. This no. is like off limits. You're you're just you're just walking around, like you said, being eyes and ears and and it's uh-huh. and and these these ruins aren't on a map or anything like that. It's just kind of word of mouth like right. secret gems that, that people know about. Yeah, exactly. It's that. And so there's no there's no markers at trailheads. You have to know exactly where to go. And it's kinda of confusing because a lot of the areas look look a lot a lot of the same. I mean, the, I'm not that familiar with with uh, the desert landscape and being able to 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 pick out defining features that would be like, oh, okay, well, this site's different from another site that's three miles down. I, I got confused the other day when I was in there and I was going to this one location, the location that had the spring in the back of the cave, and it took me like four or five tries to figure out where the trail started. And then once I got on it, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this is it. But, are you using are you using your Garmin InReach thing well, to, to kind of track no, what's going not, on? No? Not, not really. I mean, I'm tracking my, my routes, but I have more. The, the Friends of Cedar Mesa actually gave me specific instructions on how to get to these places. So okay. it's, it's, it's pretty awesome that I have, like, you know, from the horse's mouth, like, handwritten, like, hey, here's how you get here. Here's the exact mileage on each section, you know. So I can I can track that and make sure that I'm I'm in an area where I'm supposed to be. It's surprising out here. The BLM has actually said they don't get very much search and rescue calls, but man, this the terrain out here certainly seems like it would it would cause people to to get crosshairs, you know, in, mm. in some hairy situations. So maybe it's just that people are real real careful when they come out here. But the BLM just stresses they're like, if you're solo, you gotta know where you're going because you can get mixed up and you won't you 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 might not come out. Wow. Because yeah, everything looks the same. Everything looks the same back there. No, no need to get into the, the political aspects of it, but I am curious. So I, I thought that the National Monument designation had either been rescinded or drastically reduced. Uh-huh. And are, are you learning anything about um, how that's fluctuating or the impact yeah. or what have you? Yeah, uh, uh, technically the BLM has to say, okay, well, it's 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 this area, whatever Trump rescinded it to. They they technically have to say, okay, our role as the government, according to what the president said, is to say that Bears Ears is just this fraction of what it was, you know. Uh-huh. But the thing is, is with all the groups that have sued to keep the rest of the area in the des- in the monument designation and not have it be rescinded. What that does is that puts everything on hold, and so the the it's it's kind of in a limbo period from what I from what I've been able to ascertain, and that it's not rescinded, but it's in court, and it could be eventually, but it could take five or six years before they ever figure it out because there's mm. so many different groups suing for so many different things, and so 
I, I've been through the area. I've, I've, I'm starting to go through the areas that are in, in the part where it's supposed to be rescinded, and I don't think it should be rescinded in those areas. There's too much archaeological. I mean, there's archaeological stuff everywhere. It's you. It's crazy. You'll walk along, and you're like, you're like, there's a there's a pit house right there. And then you walk along a little bit further, and you're like, oh, and there's a kiva. And you walk along a little bit further, and you're like, you know, it's just it's everywhere. And there's there's rock art everywhere. There's there's so much. It's like it's literally like they. I almost think there should be more in the monument designation than what was originally done because there's just so much out here. Wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's, like, I, I think that that's fascinating because I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll let you continue with it, but I, I do think like on a, on a broader scale and I, again, I'm not, I'm not interested so much in the political debate, but I, yeah. the, the analogy that, that I go through in my head is so in my experience going up to the standing rock Sioux reservation and um, observing the uh, Dakota, um, the Dakota Access Pipeline, um, you know, the water protectors and the, the protest yep. against the pipeline going through. So from, from the Native American perspective and the stuff that I was reading, that was what I heard from them, was that there were numerous... Um, sacred sites and burial grounds and all of these archaeological features that would get disturbed by the pipeline going through and and naturally yeah. the pipeline company and and others felt like that was an an, an issue and I, I you know I went up there and I, I I saw what was going on and and saw the construction site and and you know they're clearing out a huge swath for the pipeline to be built and stabilized. And, and so I could, it, it's really easy for me to imagine that, um, you know, any sensitive area would be decimated by this, yeah. this feature going through. And I mean, what I'm hearing from you is that you're, at least in that area, you, you are seeing that side of the story that the, um, that the the historical features really are everywhere and that's yeah. that seems to have been at least part of the the big public discussion you know a year ago or so when when it was 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 part of the discussion you know the political discussion and what have you that that mm-hmm. you just got a lot of stuff going on that needs to be protected and and that's yep. you know you and i having you know kind of coming from different sides of the political sort of spectrum. And, and I know even in, you know, in, in our discussions, when, when that big effort to rescind all of those lands, you, you seemed, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you, you seemed a little bit more sympathetic to the idea that the, that these huge swaths of land shouldn't be, um, overly designated, you know, national monuments or what have you. And, and, and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but my, my sense was from you and and from others was that you, you sense that it was government overreach to, Mm -hmm. um, protect those lands. But now I'm at least in this area, it, it seems as though you, you do see the on the ground, like, yeah, this, this area is, really uh-huh. rich historical stuff that needs it, to be protected. It, yeah, it totally is. And, you know, the only reason why I thought about that when that, when that, um, rescinding was going on, I thought, well, you know, Utah has got what, 70% of its 
federal land. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you compare that with Colorado, which is only 30%. And then I was thinking, like, well, if the state wants to manage it, that's fine. But then after being out here, I realized, I'm like, the state only has so many resources, you know. And the, the federal government has so many more resources to be able to help this area. And even if the state were to come in and say, hey, we're going to make it a state park, and we're going to put special designations in and make it state wilderness or whatever it may be, um, I just think that the federal level just it, it comes with so much more of a punch with it and also much more backing that I think that on the federal level, it, it makes sense to keep everything in the original, um, you know, designated area. Just just because, like I said, you know, the, the treasure trove of things that they find. I mean, dude, it's it's wild. I, they, they pulled up a map and it was an archaeologist that was talking yeah, this was during our training. The archaeologist that was that was talking, and they pulled up this map and they said, "Okay, we have we obviously can't can't go out and do surveys on every square inch of the monument because it's massive." They're like, "So what we do is we take samples. So we'll go to each quadrant of the of the uh, Bears Ears National Monument, and we'll just randomly pick areas within it, and then we'll do a sample of that and see how much ruins or." Human, you know, previous human activity uh, and human human civilizations that we found. Yeah, we'll just see if we if we find anything. They found it in every single one. Yeah, you know, it's like, and I, and they've done hundreds. You know, and it's like, like of course there are there are big big congregations of of uh, or big groupings of ruins altogether. Heck, the place that I was camping last night, it's right outside of town. Uh, my my friends uh jocelyn and, and dan you know that i had dinner with on thursday night they're like oh hey while you're over there you probably don't even notice it but while you're over there look across the san juan river and there's a ruin in that big alcove and you know you'll have to kind of look for it because all the rock that they use to build the the structures in there matches the rock behind it so it's all consistent you can't see it but there's like ruins like that everywhere and it's a 14 room ruin you know and 14 room ruin to me is a big deal and they're like oh that's small compared to other ones around here Wow. And you're just like you're just like what? And then you you go into like one of the areas which a lot of people know of, and it's it's called Butler Wash. You know, it's just a big wash, and it's a huge, huge, huge area. And you go in there, and it's the same thing, just a treasure trove. You know, and you just wonder. You're like, okay, were all these people were they were the different tribes working together? Or were they warring? I mean, that's the, that's the information I'm interested in learning. And so it's cool because as I visit these sites, I come back and I get on the internet and try to find what information I can. And uh, it's, it's really amazing. Do you feel like this is changing what you're going to do moving into May and in, in summer? Like, do you, or are you just leaving it open or like, I have to imagine you just have like a whole slurry of new ideas popping up as you're going through this experience. Yeah, definitely, and and it's it's great too because on the fundraising side of it, I'm seeing that that people are are engaged and and you know, and I'm also doing that thing where if anybody donates to the endeavor, then every Friday evening I send out an email with a recap of that week, and then also a bunch of pictures, which only gets sent out to those people that mm-hmm. I took of the of the private sites of that day. But it's cool because people are embracing that. I mean, I've raised two hundred of the thousand dollar goal already, so I've got a little bit of work to do to get the remaining eight hundred in, uh, but I'm I'm confident that we'll get there. And, um, you know, I, I think that after this, I, I'm, I'm going to definitely leave the summer open, but it's, this is a good case study to kind of see how 
this will work in the future if I decide I want to take on another endeavor like this again. Because I'd love to come back. To, I think I'd love to come back here next year at the same time. It's beautiful weather right now. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible terrain. And they're like, yeah, this is our busy town. I'm thinking like, okay, this is awesome because there's no one here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like this, is my, this is my jam. You know, there's a bunch of really killer sites. The hikes are great. The temperatures, like I said, are, are awesome. So I'd like to come back here. But what I want to do is I really want to take this entire experience I want to break it down on a macro level and a micro level for uh, potential companies going forward to say, hey, you know, I did this out of Bears Ears. Here was the amount of activity that I created. Here's the amount of views that I got on the different blog posts that I did. And total all those numbers up and show, like, the value that, that I can bring. And, uh, and that way, going forward, I could possibly get some sponsors that pay for it in full. And then, you know, the crowdsourcing, we could go directly towards the nonprofit. I, I think it's... I think it's really fascinating and and telling and and actually heartening that you're um, you're seeing the value of of protecting these lands and you're you really you're you've got on the ground intel for areas of the country that are in question as to whether they're going to be protected. And I also think it's fortuitous that someone like you is there who has the small business background and mm-hmm. the assertiveness. And also, you're, you know, you've, you've got the, you, you're starting to develop the relationships. And I, I know that you, you're also really, really interested in, just generally educating people about conservation. So right. I, yeah. I'm really, really curious whether you could slingshot this, you could leverage this experience into that that kind of government, private, public relationship that would even so yeah, you're you're working with the friends of Cedar Mesa right now and they they know what they're doing. But I'm I am curious how far you could um, expand the effort just kind of under your own willpower and guidance and, and knowledge base. I don't know, like, you know, create your own kind of friends of Cedar Macer, but on a broader scale, because you've talked about that desire of, of being that private, uh-huh. um, that private force to protect public lands. Right. Yeah. And also, too, I think that I I need to get on the ball and 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 register Colorado Backcountry Adventures either as a B Corp or as a as a nonprofit because the B or, or, or is it, yeah B Corp. That's what like Patagonia and all them are. It's basically a socially responsible corporation. So mm-hmm. you, it acts as a nonprofit, you know, and get grants on stuff. I, I think you're familiar with that. I don't know what the audience is. But um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see what's going to come of this. I mean, you know, I mean, truth be told, I'd love to just marry a sugar mama and just have her buy me a kick-ass, <laughs> kick-ass four by four by four rig, and I'm just I'm gone forever. I mean, that's really what I would like. But but yeah. but I but I but I do I, I do want to definitely continue to 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 teach the the education component of conservation because that's really where it's where I think the the battle will be won. And that's why I think the Bears Education Center is such a great idea. And I actually donated to that when it was first getting going. They uh, it's kind of cool. They have a wall of donors, so my name's on it, and they're inside the um, inside the education center. But but you know the, the, they they said they said look, there's no legislation that's going to stop somebody from 
inadvertently or advertently, you know, hurt, hurting the, the, mon, the anything within the monument. But education will go a lot further than any sort of, you know, law or rule or whatever it may be. If you, if you tell people that are, that actually make the effort to come out here, because it's, because it's not, it's not easy to get here. So if you, if you make the effort to get out here, chances are they probably want to see some cool stuff. And I would say 99% of the people out there come with good intentions, but they, they may come from an ecosystem or an environment to where it's much more hardy than it is out here. Mm -hmm. And they might not realize that, Hey, if you drive your truck or your car across the desert sand and break that crust, which is actually living soil. If you break that crust on top, that's where the erosion patterns start. It's kind of similar to how it happens up in the mm -hmm. high country in Colorado with erosion. But you know, you do that and, and it's going to break because the, the soil actually has microscopic organisms that live in it that secrete a type of slime that, that glues all the sand together. I didn't know that. Like, mm -hmm. like, I, I, like I knew erosion started that way, but I didn't know why that sand was crusty like that. And it's amazing. I, like right now you can go out there and you can see the sand and the soil. You can actually see it alive. It's like different colors and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's absolutely stunning. It's mm. just amazing. And then, like, the desert flowers, they said that all the desert cactus are going to start uh, blooming soon out here, which is going to be phenomenal. So that'll, that'll be cool. To uh, see. You should get some time-lapse photography of, of oh, that that's kind of that's a great action. idea. Yeah. Yeah, I should. I need that. That's frustrating, man. My camera has a couple couple uh, uh, deals inside the lens, like a couple uh, little, little, little pieces yeah. of dust or something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just so yeah. I have to like I have to like have the camera like in a perfect angle and like not in the light so it doesn't show it. If I if I don't have it, you know, if it's not the light coming in on the lens, it's a good good picture. But otherwise, it looks screwy. So I have to uh, see what I can do. Well, yeah, some, it's, someone it's someone out there should donate. Like I'll I'll I'll, I'll make the call out to our now now that we're you know, best podcast of 2019 for Westward. <laughs> Someone's got to donate a, a new camera to Brian. So, so he I, can, he can get us some good, good stuff. Yeah. And I, and I don't, I don't, I don't do anything fancy. I'm just rolling with a Canon right now. So I've got a G7, a G7X, but it's just, it's frustrating. Cause I guess the, the Canon, for whatever reason, that lens, they, they didn't actually seal that lens. There's little places where like dirt dust and stuff can get in. And I didn't read, I didn't I, like, for what I'm doing out here, that's not the right camera, you know. Mm. I need to have a camera that has a sealed, a sealed uh, lens and a sealed, um, uh, you know, to where the dust can't get in. So it's a great camera. Don't get me wrong, but it's just that for being out here and being this active lifestyle, that's not the right, not the right one. Huh. That, that's interesting. Well, you there. There's another blog post for you. You could just do kind of the practical, like you know, the, the pros and cons of, of that particular camera, you know, based yeah. on, uh, based on the galleon use, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, factor, the, 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 the galleon use index or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I, yeah, so I, but, but I, but I am going to this week, I've, I've made it a point that I've been here for a week now. I kind of know what I'm talking about on Monday. I'm really going to start blitzing, uh, companies, outdoor companies, and oh, and, and I was going to say I didn't, I, I forgot to mention this. Um, uh, Tayson Whitaker from Outdoor Vitals, the company out here in Utah, I, I had him on the podcast a while back in November. Yeah, um, he re he reached out and wanted to interview me because he's he's like, hey, you know, we've got this podcast we're doing now through the company and all this stuff, and so uh, so he's he's going to make a plug on, on there for the for the. Um, bears your stuff too out to that audience that'll be great awesome. but i just want to get i really want to get the word out there though and i want to try to get biolite to pick up a episode and put it on their network and then i want to get uh I, I i need to connect with merrill i've been trying to 
get the name of the VP of marketing over there for global marketing. But, um, I mean, I've got their name. I just don't have their email address. So I, I need to get in touch with them and, and start collaborating. And there's some other companies I want to collaborate with too. And, and I'm going to ask them all, say, hey, would you would you consider donating 200 to the Bears' Education Center and $100, you know, and, and then an, an additional 100 to my way just for the story and the gear and, you know, all that stuff that I need to buy to do it. Yeah. So... That's kind of like my, my goal going forward because all these companies that I've talked with, you know, like Merrill and BioLite and, and all the different ones, they've they've said they're like, hey, you know, we, 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 we just we just wanna have a story going forward. We don't wanna pay somebody to just go out and click a few photos, like we want the people that are actually living it. And it was really cool that Merrill featured me on their Instagram page. I thought that was really awesome. Oh yeah, man. That was yeah. that was sweet. That was yeah. amazing. Yeah, so, so I, I feel like I need to leverage that, you know, and, and, and really take that to the next level and get them to not only buy into Bears Ears, which I know they all will because, you know, everybody's, it's, it's just a hot topic for the outdoor industry, but also buy into me. Like I want them to buy into what I'm bringing to the table. Yeah, they need, so. they need some galleon bucks. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, some, yep. some definitely galleon bucks. <laughs> some, some galleon bucks. Yeah, I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna put that in a proposal, and that's gonna cost you 500 galleon bucks. <laughs> or, or, or you could, you know, like have like the uh, you you could have the the taco level, um, you know, like the taco level donor, the Sierra level donor, you <laughs> yeah. know, and, and like do oh. do something like that. Oh, so what? Um, like let's let's switch the topic to gear i mean how would you you know so how's your truck handling out there what uh-huh. you know the how's your 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 custom rig back there like what how's that working do you have to make any adaptions to it like based no. on what you're dealing with like what and even yeah. on like the the smaller kind of gear like what do you what are you doing as far as um um you know what? What are you wearing? I mean, are, are do you just yeah. have like shells and like let's let's dig into that a little bit. Yeah, the morning when I, when I wake up in the morning, I'll, I'll just take you through a day. When I wake up in the morning, it's definitely cold. I mean, the temperatures. I've woken up a few mornings below freezing, uh, but it, yeah, it warms yeah, up. Cry, really, cry me a river. Try, yeah, me yeah, a river no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, but but you know what though is like the thing is is I as I packed light. Like I don't have uh-huh. I don't I don't have hardly any warm clothes. Like I don't even have a I don't even have a coat. Like I don't have my winter coat or anything, so wow, yeah. yeah. So, but I'll wake up and I'll and I'll definitely do a few layers. I'll I'll do like a, a t-shirt for base layer and then a mid layer, and then uh, which is usually like a a wool uh, merino wool like you know long sleeve shirt, and then I'll do a shell over that, and that that'll keep me warm warmish until about 9 a.m. and then it starts to warm up from there and I'm good. So as far as uh, boots go, I'm just I'm still hiking in the solo boots. I hope to get some Merrill boots here soon. Get those sent to me. That's one reason I want to speak with them to see if they can get me some more some more uh, apparel and, and shoes and stuff like that. Do you uh, have a particular Merrill boot in mind? Because I'm I'm in the market for for some new footwear myself. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a there's a boot that they they always talk about. I guess it's like their flag, their like number one boot that everybody loves hiking. And so I, I I imagine I'll probably ask for that one. But I I do like to have boots with a little bit of a ankle support on them. And especially out here, it'd be easy to turn an ankle because the soil yeah. can be the soil can be a little bit unstable. 
Uh, you got to think it's still the desert. It changes so much. I mean, that's the thing about it. If you get a rainstorm that comes through, and you wake up the next day, you're like, wow, everything's changed because all the sand shifts around and all that stuff. So it's it's a very dynamic environment. But the only thing that I'm dealing with, which uh, just takes a little bit of the extra effort, is the the sand out here. It's, it's such a micro fine sand, similar mm. to what you'd find in like Moab, and it just gets into everything. You know, I mean, I'm every day I'm taking my sleeping bag out of the topper and shaking it out and then putting it back in just because with me being in there and then Sierra coming in there, you know, she doesn't mean to track uh, dirt or sand inside, but she does. And so, you know, it's just, it's kind of a a little bit more cleaning than usual. But the nice thing is, is with the weather being so nice as it is during the day, I mean, heck, it's, it's pleasant to go and pull off the road somewhere and, you know, back in the monument and do an hour or two of just tidying up. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been it's been nice though. I mean, I I do I am wearing long sleeves on my hikes and also long pants, and I don't think I need them. I mean, I get pretty hot, but I'm doing that just to keep the sun off me, and I can do that probably for another couple of weeks, and then I'll probably have to go to shorts. But I like to have the the pants and everything because even though it's the desert, there's not as many prickly uh, plants up here. There's not as much much cactus and stuff like that, but there but there still are is a few. So like. You got to think if you're back there jamming around and you're looking up at all these incredible ruins, chances are you're probably not paying attention to what's on the ground. You get still get stuck pretty good. So I'm still wearing pants in that regard. Um, and another thing that's nice is that even though there are rattlesnakes out here, the BLM and everybody at Friends of Cedar Mesa is like, we may, we may see one a year. Like they're mm. just very they're, they're they're very very small populations out here. So it's a uh, it's a cool environment out here. I mean, it does get hot. It does get super hot in the summer. They're saying temperatures regularly get over 100 in the summertime. But I think that this place is a really great shoulder season area. That sounds great. And I, I There is, um, I, I would probably put it at like a 70% chance that I can get out there um, sometime in April. And um, I, I mean, I, I don't know if... I don't know if there's any chance that you'd be stretching your stay in that area until May, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to juggle around a few things in my own schedule to, to be able to get out there and have my own personal guide, my, the, the galleon guide. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Just let me know. You're just like, I do have to take off the first part of May and head back down to Sedona for a meetup with some friends. But, uh, but it's a, you know, even if you can't make it out here while I'm here, we'll come back and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe in the fall when it's, when it starts to cool off again and I'll, I'll, I mean, I'm knowing this area pretty well. There's, there's actually a really great thing. Like what I was telling you about on the phone earlier when we were having that conversation before we, we started recording the podcast about that, like three day, uh, truck camping four by four trail through the middle of the monument. Oh yeah. 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 And then, and then there's that cool ruin like halfway through and we'd go check that out and just it'd be a little side trip. We'd leave the dogs in the car and it'd just be a, a, a short little jaunt down the, down the hill. But, but yeah, stuff like that. I mean, that would be so much fun to do. Yeah. And have you a uh, uh, total random thought? Are, are there hot springs? in the area no no there's uh, not i wish i wish there was that's what i was asking them when i got yeah. here I was, that was like the first thing i asked and they started laughing they're like man we wish yeah and I was like, oh. that'd be that'd be awesome to, oh dude yeah yeah that'd be sweet but and who knows who knows maybe there is there's not there's not saying it i know I, I was, yeah those those things are like freaking gold <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah yeah and they get they get overrun yeah 
So, but no, it's uh, it's 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 great, and I I am super excited to be here until the end of April. Yeah, it it sounds amazing, and I'm yeah. I'm definitely itching to get back on the road. I still have. Um, so Mark took off for another month, um, and uh, left me here. <laughs> oh man, it's so. I, I it's just. He's lucky to have you, dude. Well, no, I, I, he is, but it's, it's funny because, you know, when I, when originally this was pitched, you know, my, my understanding was that he was largely going to be out here and, you know, my mindset was, uh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go up against anything, but I'm certainly by no means an expert at any of this stuff. So, okay, I'll, I'll come and do this because you know what the fuck you're doing. And, you know, <laughs> and then leaves. I get out here and he's like, all right, peace out, bitches. You know, and he's gone for most of it. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm just figuring this shit out on my own. And um, so, yeah, he's, he's I gotta give, I got to give you credit, man. You, you, you figured it out. Like, you've made man, it happen. Uh, yeah, I, I've definitely got some scars and bruises, both mental and physical scars and bruises um, uh, from the experience. Only. But um yeah, I'm. I don't know if it's wishful thinking, but I'm. I'm hoping that I'll get. I'll get my truck up here by the end of April. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's too much wishful thinking, but um, yeah, it's. Um, it's just kind of status quo for me. I mean, it's. It's by yeah. no means normal, but it's. <laughs> it's uh, you know sledding in, sledding out every day, and I'm. I'm still doing the driving and that's all good and um that's good man and yeah i mean, so your your life your life is more exciting than mine is right now or i don't know <laughs> it's it's fresher than mine is right now yeah but you you've got a you, you've got a crazy survival routine that you're doing though man it's uh Dude. i've been imp- i've been impressed with your fortitude this winter because i like I, when i got there in november and i was like it's already really fucking cold out here. I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm, I'm leaving, you know? That, that seems to be like, I, I guess I, I've got some kind of like peace out pitches sent on me or something. You're, <laughs> you you came and you're like, all right, I got to go. And then Mark's like, I got to go. And I'm like, left up here all by myself. But, uh, you know, all right. It, it, is, it is pretty interesting because now it's, it's normal to me. Every, I have not every single day since the beginning of January, I, it's snowmobile only in and out like wow. every single day. Wow. Dude. It's, and it, so that's over three months now. And that's when I stand back and think about that, that's pretty mind blowing to me. Um, yeah. That's, that's wild. Yeah. For, for, uh, what do, what do they, what do they call those? Um, what's that Boston term for, uh, isn't it like a toonie or a townie or ta- townie? Yeah. Yeah. Toonie. Yeah. Like yeah. Not, not bad for a toonie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah. It's funny. Cause Mark, Mark actually got, when he, when he got back, he, he made some comments. He's like, he's like, you're actually a lot stronger than I thought you were. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I think I'm going to take that as a compliment. Like, what, did you think I was going to die out here? I know. Yeah. He's, he's like, well, you know, like, I, you know, you come from Chicago, Connecticut. I, I, I kind of figured <laughs> you were a little smack. bit. Yeah. I thought you were a little bit of a pussy, but uh, <laughs> he's like, I, I, you're kind of a better snowmobiler than I am now. And I'm like, well, I don't know about that, but uh, I guess I'll take that as a compliment. That's cool, dude. Yeah. So life, life goes on. 
Yeah, definitely. What's your what's your plans for the upcoming week? Anything? Major yeah, I'm, I'm, it's just you know grinding out, focusing on work, um, focusing it? on making money right now. Money. Yeah, I, I'm just in a situation where I get to make money right now, and that's that's where I need to be. And yeah, no, that's awesome. Nothing. Um, uh, to be honest with like my my adventure goals, like if I can get Rue out of here, I got to figure out how to get him on the snowmobile. And oh, yeah. get him out because I, I haven't been able to take him on long walks just because the snow is all so soft and what have you. So, um, that would be the biggest adventure would be able to, to get him out. And, um, yeah, other than that, just kind of status quo. Nice dude. Well, let's, why don't we plan on this? Let's, uh, cause I, I gotta get running. I gotta head back over to bluff and it's almost nine o'clock here. Um, but why don't we plan on doing, let's, let's shoot for two more podcasts this week. Cause we, we've got a lot to get, get caught up on and, and to wrap up and to wrap about. So why don't we plan on two? I'll be, <clears throat> I will make it a point to find, well, well, why don't you tell me what your schedule is like? Hit me up on the GPS and just let me say like, Hey, here, here are the times which will work for me. And I'll find a spot in the, in the monument where I have cell reception. Okay. And then that, that way we can tap in and then do some more of these, uh, do some more of the podcast and I'll, uh, I'll edit the next one. Sounds good. Well, um, high, high five to, to both of us and Baron <laughs> too for, for some, yep. uh, West westward, uh, exposure and yeah. Um, let's... Yeah. I, t- I texted Baron about that. He's like, he's like, is this, he's like, he's like, is this real? I'm like, yeah, dude, this is, he's like, this is awesome. I was like, yeah, yeah. he's like, he's like, we got to do some more podcasting. I'm like, yeah, man, whenever you want to, whenever you want to chat, that's cool with me. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, it's just it's just cool to see the fact that you know we we took a gamble by keeping it real and talking about some pretty legit stuff, and uh, it seems as though that's that's worked well. Yeah, it's good good to know that people 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 want that stuff. I know I want it. Yeah, um, me too. I, so. I don't I don't want the person who who blows smoke up my ass and says everything's sunny and everything's great and all that stuff. Like I want to know the real stuff, and that's what that's what I feel like we've been bringing to the conversation. I totally agree. Yeah. And, um, and, and if our audiences keep on growing, I, I'm definitely interested in, 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 you know, there's so many different people I'd love to interview. Oh yeah. And talk to. And, um, I guess probably with the summer season popping up, we'll, we'll probably have more chances to, to bring other people on the, um, on the podcast. But if there are people out there listening that have ideas or that want to join the conversation, hit us up and, um, We'll see what we can do. Yeah, definitely hit us up. There's a, I'll put a contact link that just says contact us in the description of the notes below that will go directly to the page where there's a contact form. And nice. uh, yeah, and then we'll just, um, if there's anything that we can, we can talk about or anybody wants to come on, come on the show, hit us up and we'll, we'll chat. Sounds good. It sounds like there's some crinkling going on in the back. Are you, are you opening up a, a bag of donuts back there? Is that, is this? We got yeah, the, I actually the, went the, the the galleon long johns coming out. Uh, well, no, I'm I, I actually I'm opening up some peanut butter and there's it was in one of those. <laughs> I know, dude. The, this is the thing is like I got a whole tub of peanut butter two days ago and I ate it all already. So I'm like, and, and I always tell myself I've told myself this this lie for like for like three decades already in my life. Hey, go and get that peanut butter, and this time you can pace yourself. But I never pace myself. I'll sit there and eat like half of it tonight, I guarantee you. And then I'll have a stomach ache starting about 4 a.m., and then I'll be grumpy because I'm a dumbass. So that's that's what happens with me and peanut butter, and I can't stop.
Oh, dude, I'm I'm right there with you. I have a I have a half a pan of my uh, <laughs> of my my monastery monk bars over there, man. Monastery I, monk bars, yeah. I love it, dude. That's <laughs> they're awesome. Sitting, they're sitting over there. They're they're looking at me. They're saying, "Hey, Craig, yeah. just just one or two wouldn't hurt." Don't worry, you'll be able, you'll be able to go hiking soon. You can you can get all that weight off later. Just eat yeah. now. Don't 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 worry about being fat when you go to the hot springs and the chicks are around. <laughs> exactly. You, you don't need you, to get you don't need to get laid. Yeah, it's fine. You need to eat. Girls girls like the dad bod. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. All right, man. dude. Well, I'm gonna jam back over to Bluff, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave Colorado and head back to Utah. But let's like I said, let's get two more on the books this week. Sounds good to me, man. All right, dude. All right, keep on trucking. All right, you do the same. Later.